that the Word gives us. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth became without form and void. What happened there? We're teaching that. We're showing you what happened. Then the Holy Spirit brooded over this dead earth that was an ice age because God removed his glory and the very word of brooding in the Hebrew actually is an illustration of a hen sitting on the egg, bringing warmth, melted the ice, had carved out this earth, restored this earth, and in six days he restored what we have today on this earth. What happened before? What happened after? This is what this series will be talking about. Science proves Scripture. Science proves Scripture. So tonight come, the youth will be together, and the children and the adults will be in here, and we're going to have a great time. Again, last week we discussed how Paul dealt with a heretical teaching. They said, yes, you're saved by grace through faith, but you still have to fulfill the law to keep your salvation. This is prevalent today. It's prevalent in many churches because many do not understand grace, that it is a gift of God. We must now... Let me, let me say it a different way. We must now really understand, again, the law was given by God. So the law is good. But we're understanding the difference between the law, because of the work of Christ, we're no longer under grace. Or, excuse me, no longer under the law. But we're under grace. And we have to begin to see that the Old Testament is a storybook of showing Christ, the need of Christ. All the sacrifice, everything that was there was showing, that was a foreshadow of Jesus Christ coming and being sacrificed as the Lamb of God. And so when you read the Old Testament, when you read everything, everything is planned for that why, because God so loved the world and he wanted us to have relationship with him. So the law was there, and we're going to go over that again uh, today, but the law was there to show us a need for the Christ. All right? Scripture uses the analogy, which we began talking about last week, of marriage and the law, and that the law was depicted as a marriage as our first husband. We were married to the law from the beginning. Because again, the law was to show us our need for a relationship with Jesus Christ. So following that reality, let's dig a little bit deeper. 
Paul uses this example, the law is like a very abusive husband. You know, in, in today's day, with, with all that we read and all that we see and experience, it's almost hard to talk about this, but this was happening back in biblical days. This happened throughout history. The law is like a very abusive husband, overbearing, fault-finding, critical, and judgmental. In order to marry another husband who is Jesus Christ, that's the example Paul's using, we have to die to self, receiving Christ by grace through faith, so that we be no longer married to the law, but be married to Jesus Christ, grace. All right, let's continue a little bit more deeper. So, because we had to die, we're not dying physically, but we're dying to self. In Galatians chapter 3, we read this, verses 1 through 3 in the Message Bible. We're going to read it again, but let me remind you, last week we ended, we we pointed out our first point of this two-part series here. The law cannot justify, was our first point. It cannot justify you in the sight of God. Romans 3.20 says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh shall be justified in his sight. So Paul writes to the Galatians, wanting to remove this deception. Remember, I explained to you uh, this deception in my own uh, flesh, my own heart. And, and the reality of what I had to learn, even in the process of going through some of the things I went through and growing in it. I was growing, I was still growing spiritually, but there was a deception there. And so in the church today, we find a, a lot of deception thinking that if we just got to do better. If we do better, then we're better. <laughs> and uh, no. No, everything you are and have and will have is by grace through faith. So Galatians 3, the message Bible, a a gentleman who wanted his children to understand the Bible in a better way, uh, wrote the message Bible. And it says, verse 1, you crazy Galatians, remember last week we said Californians, Did someone put a spell on you? Have you taken leave of your senses? I can say this, have you been deceived? Something crazy has happened, for it's obvious that you no longer have the crucified Jesus in clear focus in your lives. His sacrifice on the cross was certainly set before you clearly enough. In other words, Scripture, from the beginning of the Bible, is always pointing towards Jesus. The New Testament is pointing back at what Jesus did. Let me put this question to you. How did your new life begin? How did you become born again? Was it by working your heads off to please God? Or was it by responding to God's message to you? Hallelujah. What's his message? I love you. I sent my only begotten son because I want to have a relationship with you. 
Are you going to continue this craziness, this worry, this depression, this oppression that you're uh, self-inflicting? I'm adding to this because I'm a pastor and a shepherd, and I want you to understand what Paul's really bringing. For only crazy people would think they could complete by their own efforts what was begun by God. If you weren't smart enough or strong enough to begin it, how do you suppose you could perfect it? See, we have to realize we're not under the law anymore, but we're under grace through faith. That's how we remarry to Christ, by grace through faith. Let me now give you the second point. And I'll give you point two and three today. Speaking of the law, the law cannot empower. In other words, the law can't make you or give you the ability to do the right thing. Even if you know the right thing to do. It can't empower you. It can show you what you did wrong, but it can't empower you to change it. And because of the deception of people thinking we still need to fulfill the law, they don't change it because it's hard and, and things just destroy them. And I want to say to you today, church, rise up and begin to understand you've been empowered by God to fulfill his call in your life. You can do everything that God's given you to do. But it's by grace. See, again, the law can only tell you what you did wrong. So not understanding grace through faith disempowers you to fulfill your destiny. I'm wondering how many people, I'm wondering how many times in my own life, because of a deceptive spirit, not that I want it, but a deceptive spirit that has brought me into the law, instead of grace, and I struggled to attain what I knew God called me to do. Are you following Paul's mentality here? So Romans 7, 4 again says, Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, Jesus, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. How many of you want to be a blessing to the Lord? How many of you want to do great fruit for God? How many of you want to just be such a blessing to God and others? Amen? How you do it is understanding grace. That you've been empowered to do what God put in your heart. Jesus is the fruit-producing vine that we are the branches. Jesus is a fruit-producing vine or the husband who loves you, who's patient, who's kind, who's giving, who wraps his arms around you and makes you feel safe. But how you do that is not by getting better, but by understanding grace that it's a gift.
It's received by faith. And then when you do that, then you know what to do, but doing it is not out of right or wrong. Doing it is out of relationship. Because you have such a loving husband, being the bride of Christ, you love him back. It's a relationship. It's loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But I want to tell you, you're empowered to do that because you understand grace. You're not under the law. Whew. I slowed down there because that was, the Holy Spirit was just, just implanting that in our hearts. Jesus is a husband that can give you fruit. He's not impotent. The law is an impotent, impotent husband. It cannot help you to bear fruit. Galatians 2.21 says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Christ died in vain. Why would he even come if we could do it, if we could perfect it? See, I've learned I cannot. Righteousness is only through grace. It's not by my efforts. You know, I, I remember as, as a kid, um, I stole a candy bar from a store. Ooh. No stones, please, no stones. The very next Sunday, Sunday school that I went to, they read the scripture, thou shalt not steal. I mean, I was young. And from that day, I didn't steal. I'm, it, it goes even into the point of, you know, keep it, have it, whatever, it's yours, give it away. I don't, I don't go into any essence of, of, you know, going into a place and, and giving to someone and they say, no, 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 you know, I, I don't need that. I said, well, fine, if you want it, you can have it. But in other words, I'm not trying to better myself by giving more to others than they give to me. Because my blessing isn't because I'm better than somebody else. My blessing is because I'm obedient to grace, grace giving. That's why I tithe. That's why I give offering. That's why... My wife and I even in our budget plan to give to people because we understand that's grace. How could I not give because everything's been given to me? Nothing I have is because of my efforts, but it's because I believed in the effort of my new husband, Jesus Christ. So it hit me, thou shalt not steal. But the question with that, but did the law, thou shalt not steal, empower me? No. 
Because in that very essence, I still remember today, it was in essence talking about thou shalt not steal because of a relationship of God. He will give you everything that you need. The way you break any stronghold in your life is that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. You received him. And Jesus gave you the power. It is a gift enacted by faith. The way you break things, the way you have breakthrough is understand what grace has given you, what Christ has already done for you, and you receive it by faith. And out of that faith of what Christ did, then you walk in that by loving him back. Why? Because he now empowers you to do it. This is good stuff, isn't it? So you have a a stronghold? Understand grace and receive your breakthrough by faith. Why didn't I steal anymore? Because I am a believer now. I came into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I knew that that was Jesus. We are talking about a grace-filled life, being with an amazing husband relationship with our God. Let me just say it this way. It's much better to be married to a person than it is to a list. I'll say that again. It's much better to be married to a person than to a list. I don't want, as a bride, to have a bunch of honeydews. I have a relationship with Christ And when I'm in his word and he speaks to me, I live that out. I do that. Why? Because I love him. Because I have a relationship with him. And know that everything that I have is based upon my relationship with God. So let's let's go on into this. Romans 7, 2 again says, you have been released from the law. You've been released from the first husband. Now, let's look at that word released in the, in the Greek. It's a military term, and it means discharge from military service. So my question to you is, why would God use that word, a military term, when he's talking about grace? You know, people, people make grace this, this really soft you know, very wimpy thing. There is power in grace that transforms your life spiritually, physically, and emotionally. There's power, but we don't see it that way. We think of just acquiescing, just, you know, whatever. Okay, God, you know I love you. and No, he used this military term of being released from law and into grace. And the reason why he used that word, you've been released from the law, in Romans 7, let's read this in context, verse 1 through 3. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, in other words, to Israel, 
that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then if, while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Release means, as a military term, explanation, you've been discharged from all that that brought. How many people have had relationships in the past that have devastated and brought destruction in their emotional health? How many people spend thousands of dollars a year for counseling because of a destruction that happened in a first marriage? All right, think about a sergeant at boot camp, military term. All right, all you veterans, this is what they told you at boot camp. I am not your mama. I'll tell you when to get up, and I'll tell you when to go to bed. Some of you veterans, are you shaking now? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what you're going to do all day. I'll tell you how you will do it. I'll tell you how to dress. I'll tell you how to shine your shoes. I'll tell you how to make your bed. Anybody can relate to that, veteran? All right. Now, let's just say you're in the military boot camp. You, you spent your years. By the way, thank you for your service. Let's just say you, the day you got discharged, you're walking across the compound, and you're in your civilian clothes, knowing that you're going to begin the next part of your life. You're about to leave, and you hear a familiar voice. That same sergeant goes, soldier, before you realize it, what do you do? You turn around and you salute. That's right. Why is that? Because you remember the law. That's the way we are many times with the law. Remember the law? You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. I'll tell you when you're right, I'll tell you when you're wrong. But again, the law is not bad because it's the word of God. But God did not call us and die on the cross for us to serve a list. He wants us to be in a relationship with him, to live life through love. Another example. We were married to the law. So that was your first husband. Now you're married to Christ, your second husband, but your first husband was the law and you're married to grace, but here lies the problem. Many Christians are trying to impress their second husband, Jesus, by keeping a good relationship with their first husband. Try that in a natural. See how that works out for you. 
with your second husband. You say to your second husband, honey, I've been going over to my first husband's house and serving him and doing things for him because I think that will make our marriage better. I think you're probably going to go through your second divorce. Church family, we don't serve a list. We love a person. That's why he died on the cross, so we can come into a relationship with him. So the law cannot justify, and the law cannot empower. But love can justify, and love can empower. You ask, are you talking about loving everybody in in a sense? No, I'm not. I'm not talking about, you know, love, just love everybody. Can we all get along? No. I'm talking about who love is. When we're talking about we're not under the law, and, but we're, we're in grace through faith, we're talking about a person. We're talking about God. We're talking about God that created the heavens and the earth. We're talking about a God who's our healer, who's the one that has given us our call, our vision, our direction, our destiny. And as one that is empowered, love is him. And grace is always under the the auspices or the mentality or the reality that grace is love. Grace is God. Grace, our life that we live, is everything that God is. He's given you your gifts. He's given everything to you. Everything you have, will be, and are, God gave it to you. It is love. God is love. Point three, love can justify and empower, is that God can justify you, and God will empower you in that justification. So I want you to understand the law of love. I know that's a play on words, but I want you to understand that everything that you are now, everything that you will become, all the tribulation you go through, everything, a lot of it's not from God, it's from the enemy, but the reality is you've got to understand everything you will accomplish in the midst of stuff or even the non-events, God, who is love, has the answer. And it's relationship. The deceptive thing is, well, God knows what I've done. Okay, but God is love. What does love do? Love covers all sin. Love is, there's such a power in this love because it is not really what love does, 
It's who love is. And God has already set Ephesians chapter 1 before the foundation of the earth, the plan for your life. But because of deception, not understanding grace, who is love, we live by law and we try to do it ourselves. And we fail. Because we try to do it ourselves. Okay. Let's, let's finish here. They asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? What was Jesus' response? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and because you do that, you're going you're gonna to understand and have that relationship. Then you will love your neighbor. Then you will be able to respond to your neighbor who's a jerk. But let me tell you, Scripture, when it talks about who your neighbor is, as your fellow believer. What the enemy wants to do is to create chaos in the church. And the reason how he creates or how he creates chaos in the church is we live under the law. And we allow the law to pervert what Jesus did for us, which is a gift of God, grace, and we think less of ourselves, and because of that, then we judge one another with that same emotion, with that same feeling. We don't like it when someone gets better, when someone gets blessed, because what about me? See, we're in that non-event time. Things aren't happening in our life, and And we're wondering, how come God's not answering my prayer? And look at so-and-so. I'm better than them. I know none of us in here do that. Right? Okay. But isn't isn't that real? Every one of us fall into that category until we understand grace. So he said, the whole law is wrapped up in these two things. Love is the strongest governing force in the world. Again, you know what you want to? You want to love one another. Who's love? God is the governing force, the strongest governing force of the world. And if you walk in this relationship with love, who is love? God. Then you are empowered to walk in the righteousness that you have been given. And you will bear fruit. Isn't the word cool? I mean, it just opens up this Yeah, I can do that. And we get out of, well, you know, that's not my gift. P. 
people have said this to me many times in 45 years. You know, Pastor, you better not teach on grace that much because, you know, people will begin to think they can just go out and do what they want to do. I love my wife so much through thick and thin, good times and bad times. When she's wrong and I'm right. <laughs> Notice she's not here. No. That I would never think, it's not even in my mindset to ever do anything to hurt her. Never to do anything to damage the relationship we have. You know where that comes from? I'm such a good guy. No. It comes from because I have a relationship with God who is love. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's the same thing with you. There's stuff going on. Man, look what's happening in Israel. Deception. As Pastor Dan said, there's a lot of wonderful people that are in the midst of this deception. How can you say that? I'm so tired of the news. They're trying to tell me how to talk and how to think, how to live my life, and tell, tell everybody, this is a, I know this is what you want. You know what I want? I want Jesus Christ to be Lord of everything. That's what I want. And so don't monitor what I say. It's amazing because you listen to the news. Sometimes I say things, oh, someone online is going to get mad the way I said that. You know, if you do. Right? We, get, we have been so brainwashed, so deceived in so many different areas. We have to get to a place, church family, of understanding that this grace is so, so powerful. Now, when they said that, you better not teach on grace. I'm going to say this really nicely. When, if you say that, you're wrong. And you don't know what you're talking about. Grace does not produce sin. Grace produces righteousness. Your natural mind says, preach the law, because everyone's got to be right. Really? But God says, watch this. This is how God says it. If you want to receive, give first. God says, if you want to have authority, get under authority. God says, if you want to live, die to self. Listen very closely. If you want to have a holy church, preach on grace. If you want to have a church that's right, preach on grace. It is a gift of God. Law doesn't produce holiness, grace does. 
grace produces holiness. Grace produces love, and love is what governs us. So now let me tell you what law does. Here's the question. What, what's the strength of sin? What would give sin strength? 1 Corinthians 15.56 says, the strength of sin is a law. The more you preach on law, the more sinful people are. I'm not, that's not my opinion. That's what Scripture's telling me. Because our mindset, the deception, is just what we need to do as Christians. You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. How about walking in love? Here's what happens. If you're in rules and regulations and rituals instead of relationship, it turns into a religion. You will obey those rules and regulations as long as you can. And I've been in ministry over 45 years, and this is what I've noticed. Then, after you've, you've been this, quote, in your own eyes, perfect, godly person, then you go on a binge. You go into a legalistic mentality. And you try to follow all the rules, and then they just go on a binge, and they sin a lot. How many times have you seen people who've loved God with all their heart, all their mind, and all their soul, and they've done it for years, and they served in the church, and all of a sudden, they're wicked? And they're doing the, why would they do that? They were a pastor. They were an elder in the church. I've seen it through the years. Why would they do that? Because they did it under the law. They served God under the law and not under grace through faith. They may uh, come back and repented, but they live in the same rules and regulation system, which Paul spent his entire believing life trying to say, no, that's not what the gospel is about. We're not under that system called the law. We have died to that system so we could be married to Jesus in relationship and live a life full of what he has planned for us. When you become born again, you get the second husband. When you wake up in the morning, the sun rises. When you close your eyes at night, the stars shine. You will never, ever, ever have to worry about God being unfaithful to you. Because what he says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Never. And even when you are faithless, he says, I am faithful. Because I am passionately, God saying this, head over heels in love with you because I'm love. That's what grace is. Let's all stand.
<sighs> Whoever invented the clock, I'm going to knock out. But we got to quit. All of you watching online, I want you to recognize when you catch this, church family, when we catch this, we will be so passionately head over heels in love with God. It's not about what we have, even though God said, I want to prosper you. And he's going to. It's not what's happened to us in the past because he took care of that. It's about today receiving what he's already done for you and me. Grace. Believing it. And when you do that, then deception, watch this, I know this stuff as much as I know it and teaching you. But I still got deceived. So let's every day believe with all of our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. He's alive today, sitting on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. What is that intercession? That we would receive what he did. Can we just close our eyes, bow our hearts to the Lord? If there's anybody here that would say, you know, Pastor, man, that's me. Deception has been there. And I've, I've attacked life in a wrong way. See, God is not saying you, you're wrong, you're bad. God is just telling you, turn the switch. And if that's you, I want you to raise your hand because I want to proclaim victory over you. That's you today. Man, you're living under the law. You're feeling worthless. You're angry at people. You're angry at all this. God wants to restore that. And here it is. You can go ahead and put your hands down, many of you. Here it is. Receive God's gift through faith and be and begin to walk in that. There's anyone here, sound of my voice, that you would say, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Savior. I want to today. Here's how you do it. You believe in your heart. And confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And instantaneously, you will become brand new, your spirit. God is still creating. When you do that, you have a new, brand new spirit. And now you can live the life we just talked about. watching online, make that decision. Let us know about it. If you're here, let us know that you did that. Maybe come down to the front and let one of the elders know. Tell somebody you've received the Lord. In Jesus' name, I proclaim 
a God-gifted victory over anything, everything, physically, emotionally. In Jesus' name, we are whole. Amen. Give the Lord an applause, please. God bless you. We'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock.